Thank you for listening to the Shock Fantasy Podcast. Shock Fantasy is your home for the busy players' fantasy information. At Shock Fantasy, we provide quick-hitting charts, graphics, and dashboards to help you win in season-long, in best ball, in DFS, and in Dynasty Leagues. I'm Matt Harrison, longtime co-host of the longest-running fantasy football show in the history of the world, Fantasy Football Weekly. Shock Fantasy is what I use to prep for my deep dives into the matchups on Fantasy Football Weekly, and you can have all the access to the same data that helps me win. If you're not already a member of Shock Fantasy, use the promo code POTATO, that's P-O-T-A-T-O, to get your Shock Fantasy season-long, year-long pass for only $25. That's only 6.9 cents per day. Remember to use the promo code POTATO at checkout at shockfantasy.com. That's shockfantasy.com, promo code POTATO. Now, on with the podcast. Now, first off, how would we describe shock? (laughs) Welcome to the fantasy. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Man, you are one pathetic loser. Ridiculous. Completely ridiculous. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Shock Fantasy Podcast. This is Matt Harrison at Explosive Output on Twitter. I'm coming to you live from the Hockey Arena parking lot, as I normally do on Tuesday nights now. Uh, Not a super crazy uh, waiver wire this week, but there's some decent running backs, so uh, we're going to talk about them in a little bit. But first, we start with the quarterback. Uh, there's only a couple guys I want to mention. Kirk Cousins, he's 19.1% owned. Never mind that the Vikings and Dalvin Cook took the ball out of his hands against Green Bay. Lambeau was super windy, and the pack really couldn't stop Dalvin, and that was proven over and over again. This week, he's home in a dome against Detroit, which is a positive matchup for quarterbacks. Uh, after Detroit, he gets at Chicago, Dallas, Carolina, and Jacksonville. Those other three home games, Dallas, Carolina, Jacksonville, those are very tempting. Uh, it only costs you a dollar bid to get Kirk Cousins right now because there's not a lot of believers. Uh, the only other thing I want to mention is the Dallas Cowboys situation. It looks like Garrett Gilbert is the favorite to start. Uh, he's completely unowned in leagues because uh, Ben DiNucci, more like Bench DiNucci, uh, Gilbert and Cooper Rush, who is about to be activated from the practice squad, will compete this week for the starting job. You probably don't want any of this against Pittsburgh. Then the Cowboys have their bye. They do come back with a game against Minnesota. So in three weeks, maybe you can start one of these two to three players, but that's exactly why you're not bidding on any of them. All right, let's just move on to the good stuff. Running back. J.K. Dobbins, he's 58% owned, and that's a little bit above our threshold, but Gus Edwards is also in this conversation here. He's 9% owned. Mark Ingram's still out with an ankle sprain. Dobbins is leading the league in running back yards per touch, and I believe missed tackles as well. This could be the opportunity we're waiting for. Unfortunately, the problem is Gus Edwards has been pretty good as well, uh, especially between the tackles, and has had 30 rushing attempts in his last two games and a couple of touchdowns to show for it. I'm nervous that it will be Gus near the stripe, and we'll have to wait a little bit longer on Dobbins. Still, I'm putting 7% on Dobbins, 4% on Gus, and both are viable this week, even against Indy, 
Because even Indy's a tough matchup, right? But both of these players fared pretty well against Pittsburgh just last week, and Pittsburgh's a great matchup. Well, not a great matchup, but a really tough matchup, I should say. Uh, the Patriots, Titans, and Steelers are coming up after that for Dobbins and Edwards. Uh, DJ Dallas, wiki wiki, 19% owned right now in ESPN leagues. Had 23 touches last week, but only a meager 58 total yards, but... He did score twice against the Niners last week. And if Carson Hyde and Homer continue to be limited and injured, DJ could spin again this week against Buffalo. Yeah, I did it right there. Buffalo ranks, surprisingly, 21st against running backs on the year, so it's a decent matchup. After that, the matchups are the Rams, Arizona, and Philly in the next couple of weeks. And you'd think that one of those other backs will return to split time with DJ at that point. So that being said, he's a decent fill-in for this week, and I think that you can throw 4% on him. Jamichael Hasty, he's a little bit above the threshold, too, at 62%, but that number should be higher as Tevin Coleman is now going to be out for a while again, and he's just not good. Uh, Hasty outtouched Jarek McKinnon last week, but it was pretty close to a split. But he gets the Packers this week on Thursday, who just gave up 200-some yards and four touchdowns to Dalvin. Mark it down, right? Hasty's going to totally do that. Um, the Niners are a complete disaster on offense right now with Kittle going out to IR. It looks like Jimmy Garoppolo's on IR. Uh, Debo Samuel's not going to play this week. Jordan Reed might not be back yet. Jamichael Hasty might get a lot of touches in this game just because there's not many people left. So I got a 4% blind bid, and you can start him with ease on Thursday night. Damian Harris is another guy. He's 45% owned, 16 for 102 and 1 last week against Buffalo. He's literally the only thing that's working for the Pats right now, and this is your last shot to pick him up. He gets the Jets this week. Baltimore, Houston, and Zona after that. It's a little bit up and down, but I'm giving a 16% blind bid recommendation on Damian Harris. After that, we got Zach Moss, who's 42% owned, and those who never lost faith on Zach Moss were paid off last week. 14 carries for 81 yards and two scores. Wasn't involved in the passing game, which is a little bit surprising. Uh, and, and that doesn't quite bode well for his matchup this week because Seattle isn't a great matchup, but it's very easy to pass against them. So I guess there's some sort of great opportunity for some goal line carries if Steph Diggs gets tackled at the one. But just kidding, that's Josh Allen who takes those uh, rushing attempts from inside the one or uh, he throws it to a no-name tight end. Still, I'm putting 11% on Moss because I think he can be an RB2-ish kind of guy the rest of the year. Jordan Wilkins is the last running back I want to mention. Uh, he's currently 1% owned. Jonathan Taylor's dealing with an ankle injury, although he still may play this week. But with Taylor watching last week, Wilkins got 20 carries, 89 yards, and a score. Naheem Hines is still involved in the pass game, which just muddies the waters for all of them. This week it's Baltimore. That's not good. So even if Taylor were to sit this week, it's not a spot start for Wilkins. So no bid on him. Let's go to the wide receiver. Curtis Samuel, 45% last week. He was our captain on the Thursday Night Football podcast. Uh, came up with a rushing and receiving score and was a few inches from a third touchdown and a deep ball to Bridgewater slightly overthrew. This week he gets Kansas City. After that, it's Tampa, Detroit, and Minnesota before the bye. He's getting about seven touches per game, which is worth something. But that may start to fall with the pending return of Christian McCaffrey. So it's only a 2% blind bid on Samuel because I think 
more of his workload gets eaten up by Christian McCaffrey when he returns. Corey Davis, 52%. And we mentioned Davis last week. He had eight for 128 and one. So I hope you were listening then. This is just a reminder to pick him up. He's taking some of that Janu juice right now and has topped 69. Nice. Nice. Yards or scored in every game this year. Now, problem is Bears, Colts, Ravens, Colts is about as hard of a schedule as you can ask for a wide receiver. 7% blind bid. Look to trade him right away if you can, if you got a buyer out there, because that schedule's brutal. Braxton Berrios is another guy I'd like to mention. Eight catches last week against Kansas City while Jamison Crowder was out. This is a PPR guy. Had 10 catches and two scores over a two-game span earlier in the year when Crowder was out. The key is, if Crowder is out, Berrios is the slot guy, and the slot guy demands a ton of work in the Adam Gase offense, no matter who it is. Remember Jarvis Landry in Miami? He got a ton of work in the Gase offense back then. New England this week, then a bye. He's a decent spot start as he'll avoid Stephen Gilmore, especially if Crowder's out again from the slot. Uh, And they're the Monday night football game, so he's an interesting captain option if Crowder is out and it'll only cost you 1% to put him on your roster this week. Uh, A couple more wide receivers. Mike Williams, 53% owned. And when Mike Williams gets five catches, he scores. But if he doesn't get five catches, he usually gets one catch in less than 20 yards. So how do you decipher when this will happen? The truth is I'm not sure I know yet. The matchup wasn't great against Denver, and he performed. Uh, His other matchup earlier in the year where he had a great game was when Keenan Allen was out, and he played against the Saints, which is a pretty good cover team. So I don't understand how this is happening for Mike Williams. But the Chargers have a hot quarterback and a favorable schedule the rest of the way. Vegas, Miami, Jets, Buffalo, Patriots in the next five. So 9% if Mike Williams is available. Uh, Last wide receiver to mention, Isaiah Ford, who's 1% owned. Uh, He was the slot guy for the Dolphins, but was just traded to the New England Patriots today. Julian Edelman probably not coming back this year, if ever. And the Patriots are absolutely decimated by injury at the wide receiver position. Ford could be starting as early as this week against the Jets. If it's a deep league, you got to pick him up. It'll probably cost you 1% to 2%. Gets the Jets this week after that, Baltimore, Houston, and Zona. So I think Isaiah Ford has a shot to be the wide receiver one on a Patriots team that doesn't really have a wide receiver that you can start right now, at least the rest of the way. So it's got to be a deep league where you're picking up Isaiah Ford. Finally... The only tight end I have this week is Jordan Reed. He's 2% owned. Kittle hits IR while Reed is now practicing. Problem is, is they play Thursday night against Green Bay. So maybe we're a week early here on Jordan Reed. If he's activated before Thursday, he's a nice little spot start here. Uh, Had a two-touchdown game earlier in the year when Kittle was out. Uh, Gets Green Bay on Thursday, then New Orleans, then a bye. So it's just 2% of your blind bid recommendation on Jordan Reed. And I think that that will kind of, if you're a George Kittle owner, that'll probably bandage you through the weekend. Uh, I got a couple of fun uh, questions on Twitter that I wanted to make sure that I answered a few of them. I uh, can't get to all of them because there were, there were actually quite a few, but uh, I wanted to get to a couple of them today. Uh, Mark Carlson uh, asks, would you trade away Patrick Mahomes? and roll with Justin Herbert the rest of the year, what would you expect back in return? I love this idea, especially in redraft, Mark. Um, Herbert's schedule is really great. He's been looking awesome. And plus, there's still a lot of healthy 
good quarterbacks out there if you need a backup quarterback. So I think that you could trade Patrick Mahomes, and he's the only quarterback right now that I think would deliver you a really good starting running back, a really good starting tight end, think a guy like Travis Kelsey, or a really top-flight starting wide receiver. He could he could get you back one of those guys because he's Patrick Mahomes and he's got that name. So I would be looking for a top 8-ish wide receiver, maybe a top 12-ish running back, and uh, or, a, or a top 1-2-ish to tight end, maybe uh, Mark Andrews or Travis Kelsey if you're going to trade Patrick Mahomes. It's a good good thing to try. Dip your toe in that water. See what you can find out. Uh, Jesse Coons asked, I offered Zeke and Sammy Watkins for Michael Thomas and David Montgomery in a first-year Empire League. Am I nuts? Well, I mean, let's boil this down here. Um, David Montgomery has a little more value than Sammy Watkins, and Michael Thomas and Zeke are probably at about the same level here. So I guess that I would rather have the Michael Thomas-David Montgomery angle Problem is, is I don't know who Michael Thomas's quarterback is next year. Let's hope it's somebody like Jameis who can, you know, get him the ball and has a strong enough arm to uh, to really get it out there. So uh, I guess I would be on the Michael Thomas, David Montgomery side because I think Montgomery's got slightly more value than Sammy Watkins, but it's very close. And I think that uh, I don't think you're nuts, but uh, if you're looking to bail on Zeke, there might be some other suitors out there, and you're probably at a sell low moment, honestly. But the Michael Thomas owners at a sell low moment as well. Um, if you're in it this year, I'd hold on to Zeke though. If you're not in it this year, the Michael Thomas angle makes sense. I'd dip my toe in a few other options though. See what you can get for Zeke if people are willing to uh, to trade with you on that particular guy. All right, the podcast was short. It was sweet tonight because, you know, I'm doing it from a parking lot, and my kid is about to open the back hatch on my car and throw his hockey bag in, so it might get noisy. But I just wanted to thank you guys all for all the support throughout 2020. Um, It's been a super bizarre year for me personally and professionally, and uh, on election night, I'm glad that I can give you guys uh, a little bit of a respite from all of the political stuff. doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on. Uh, you need a break from it right now. I think we all need a break from it right now. And I'm happy that I can do a little bit of a part uh, to, to help you get through uh, some of the weird times in your life and, uh, and, 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 the, and the politics of the world uh, that are kind of bogging us down right now. So I appreciate all the support for Shock Fantasy, and I hope that you guys enjoy the podcast tonight. And we will see you tomorrow night for the Thursday Night Football podcast where we will preview the Green Bay and San Francisco game. And let me tell you, this is going to be a super interesting game from a DFS standpoint, so I know that you're going to want to listen to that one. We'll talk to you then. Thanks.